Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm here with our defensive coordinator, Brett Collier, and we are starting something every Wednesday called Transformo Transformational Coaching Habits or Transformational Leadership Habits. You might not be a coach, but you might be a leader. And um, today, our topic is going to be resting in your preparation. Um, one, the Bible verse I love when it comes to resting in your preparation is Proverbs 21:31, which says, um, the horse is made ready for battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. And that means, you know, we can work and we can work and we can work and we can work, but ultimately the victory is the Lord. It's like a farmer. A farmer can plant and um, he can plant and, and do all the work, but if God doesn't bring the rain, there will be no crops. Um, so, and then ultimately we're going to get into talking about the sovereignty of God. And, uh, but I think as coaches and as leaders, probably the biggest thing we struggle with is resting in God's plan and resting in the sovereign hand of God. And we worry and we stress. Like if you're like anything like me, you put your head on the pillow and you're worrying and you're stressing about things you have absolutely no control over. So the goal here is as we become you know, transformed coaches, uh, transformed leaders, is that we start to rest in our preparation and then when the preparation is done and we when we go home, um, we can rest. Um, and, and then God would give us peace and joy, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, kindness, goodness, um, gentleness. I'm sure I'm forgetting one. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Oh, that's why I got Coach Collier here. So, Coach Collier, um, what, do, what do you think about this? You know, you, you've been coaching at Elka for two years and – You've been coaching for a while. Just thinking about resting in your preparation, the sovereignty of God. What comes to your mind? Well, it's uh, you know, for us, you know, we talk about this, but we talk about it because we sometimes have a hard time with it. It's hard for us, um, you know, to go home and just rest and uh, that things are going to work out the way they should. You know, we know it to be true, but so one of the first things that came to my mind uh, when when we want to talk about you know resting in your preparation and trusting God is, you know, how do we define success, you know, because uh, I, one of the things I thought back to was this football season, you know, we go into the pace game and none of our, none of our preparation changed, you know, and we do the same preparation all year, every game. And, you know, on Wednesday for me, when I go home on Wednesday, that's the day I can really just relax and know I've done all I can, you know, Thursday's kind of a polish up day and Friday we play, but you know, you go into that pace game and, and we did nothing different and uh, we got beat. Um, so it's, you know, I think a lot of people want to look and say, well, what did I do wrong? We didn't do anything wrong. And I think the attitude that we have of just, you know, that we try to get our players to understand to you just go and you prepare and you do your best. And then when you play on Friday night, you execute and whatever happens, happens. And uh, I remember after that game, uh, one of our seniors, uh, Kobe Mitchell, um, was really telling everybody, like, guys, we're okay, we're okay, we're okay. And, you know, you, it was neat to see, like, the players um, kind of buying that too, like, understand we did all we could, you know, didn't go our way. Um, and, you know, I was thinking of some verses that uh, that came to my mind in this too, and I, uh, it took me a while to find this one, but I was looking in Proverbs, in Proverbs 13, 4, um, you're talking about resting in your preparation and trusting in, in, in the process and what's going to happen. Proverbs 13, 4 says, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. So I thought, like, you know, 
where where does where does it say you are richly supplied? You're richly supplied in your soul when you've been diligent, when you've done your process, when you've gone through all your work. I can't think of any worse feeling than if we had lost that pace game because we did something different at Tuesday practice. Right. You know that would have been misery. But after that game, I remember my my mom and dad were at the game. They came up to me and they were like approaching me gently, like I was going to be in a bad mood. And I was like, no, I mean. We didn't do anything different, you know. I trusted what we did. I, we 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 believe in what we do and didn't fall our way this time. And uh, I specifically also remember before that game when you when you pray with the team before the game, you uh you you told the team to trust in the sovereignty of God before the game. And uh, and then what happened, you know? Well, we trusted in it, you know. And and you move on, you do your best, and you live and learn, and you go about your business. Yeah, and I think. Um... You know, you guys that are listening out there, like like my goal, and I know this is a goal of, of Coach Collier's, but like as I'm about to turn 40, my goal is to, you know, more and more is used is to use the game of football as a tool to build men for Jesus Christ. And as the older I get, I also want to use the game of football to encourage other coaches out there and other leaders out there to be men of Jesus Christ. And to, and to set the example. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, before the game, I'm sure I talked to the players about the sovereignty of God, and I also understood they probably had no idea what I was talking about. Um, and, in fact, you might not understand what the sovereignty of God is. The sovereignty of God, sovereign is God is in absolute control of all things. And you have to understand, we are fallen. We are fallen creatures. We are sinful creatures. And so, therefore, we acknowledge God, but we really truly don't understand that I am not in control and God is in control. And God gives us the ability to do things. For example, go back to the farmer. I love using farmer example. He gives me the ability to dig the ditch and to put the seed in and to cover it. And now I can put all the product on it that I want. But if God does not bring the rain, nothing is growing. And that's in anything of our lives. And like, so when we go out to play pace, you know, we use that as an example. We could use it. It's funny how we always dwell on the loss. Yeah. We were 13 and 1, and we're sitting here talking about pace. He's making me depressed. <laughs> but um, so, but we, we trust that God gave us the loss. And in fact, I would say with this team this year, that is exactly what we needed. And um, and God knew that. And I'm not saying God cares whether we win a state championship or not. And I'm not saying that God cares. You know, people are like, God doesn't care about winning or losing. You know what? They're wrong. God cares about his people. And my job and Brett's job is to win football games. Your job might be to make sales. And you could be like, well, God doesn't care anything about whether I make sales or not. You're, you're absolutely wrong. God cares about his people, those who love him and serve him and have surrendered their life to him. God is intimately involved in your life, and his sovereign hand is upon you. And that does not mean he's going to give you success everywhere you go. It means he's going to grow you in Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians says this, what is God's plan for you? Everybody always, what's my plan for my life? I'm trying to seek my plan. Well, it's real simple. The plan for your life is this, your sanctification. That's what the Bible says. 
What is God's will for you? Sanctification. Here's another S word for you. What is sanctification? It is growth in Jesus Christ. Well, to help me grow in Jesus Christ, sometimes I need a loss. Sometimes I need failure. Sometimes I need calamity. And so we just have to, we have to trust that God is molding us and shaping us. And we have to understand the sovereignty of God. His ultimate objective is not my worldly success. His ultimate objective is my sanctification, my growth in Jesus Christ. So as I trust in the sovereignty of God, whether it be good or whether it be bad, go to Romans 8, 28, I trust that God is always working for my good, uh, for those who are called according to his purposes. Yeah, uh, so one of, one of the things I had written down, and, and you touched on it there, is, you know, what is success? You know, and, uh, you know, God is intimately, like, like Coach said, involved and, and sustaining and guiding and directing every single detail of our lives. I think the Bible teaches that, and th- some people disagree with us on that. But, um, you know, I think everything down to uh, the pencil that I'm holding right now, that, you know, that's all part of God's sovereign plan in some way. Um, and he tells us that. He, you know, in Isaiah chapter 46, he says, I'll accomplish all my pur- purposes. In Ephesians 1.11, he says, all things work uh, according to the counsel of, of, of God's will. Um, and I take all things to, to be very seriously. But, um, you know, so anyway, what is success? You know, success may not be winning the game. Success may not be coming out on top. Uh, in terms of company sales or, you know, having a, you know, high A average in the class or whatever. Success is, you know, really depending on your worldview, um, what does God have in store for you? And like Coach said, it's your sanctification. We can trust what Romans 8.28 says, that he's working at all times um, for our good, even through loss, tragedy, um, failure, disappointment. And I think when you look back, I think everybody says this, when you look back at your life, you can look through ups and downs, highs and lows, and all those things, and you can see God's hand and how it's worked through, through all that. Um, and I can see that too. And um, I had a note written down. Um, you know, I think something that's really neat, it's one of Coach Guess's favorite books on, in the Bible I know, is uh, Nehemiah. And you think about what God called Nehemiah to do. And um, God called Nehemiah to go and rebuild the wall. And um, when Nehemiah, Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall, and if you read chapter 4 of Nehemiah, Nehemiah had to build the wall with one hand and hold his spear or his sword in the other hand uh, to ward off the enemies. You know, So when we think about success and God's will for my life and God's plan for my life, you know, I think sometimes we, we're, we're tricked by the world to think this is easy because it's going to be God's plan. Well, it's not easy. You know, it wasn't easy for Nehemiah. It wasn't easy, certainly wasn't easy for Jesus. And it's not going to be easy for us. So that's why we ask our kids to, uh, to work the way they do, to train the way they do, to, to get used to being that man that works all the time for everything he has. So really, I think when we talk about trusting in our preparation, trusting in our process, trusting the sovereignty of God, got to think about what's the end game, you know, and, and what does God have in store for us? And, you know, I can say, that, you know, I don't think um, – you know, when we start the season, God's plan for us may not be to win win a single game, much less a championship. And so whatever happens ultimately is in completely in his hands. And we are totally at his mercy, just like the farmer. And it's a great analogy because it's true. The farmer plants, he you know, he plows, he plants, he cares for his his crops, and then he just desperately prays that God make it rain. You know, he desperately prays that the sun shine and and you know, we're the same way. Times haven't changed. 
And, you know, Brett and I are sitting here talking about uh, football because that's our jobs. You know, another thing that I think we get wrapped up in and I think we need to be careful is, is career goals. And, you know, people will tell you you need to have a one-year plan, a five-year plan, a ten-year plan. You need to have a vision. You need to do this. You need to do this. Uh, but no, nowhere in the Bible does God tell us to do any of those things. Um, because, you know, ultimately, what is my what are my career goals? I mean, do I want to you know try to become Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban at the at the top of the profession or Bill Belichick? Do I set my eyes in on that, or do I focus in where God has placed me? And I think one thing that we do because we do not trust the sovereignty of God, all of us are very quick to chase greener pastures or chase jobs or chase more money and we'll send our resume here we'll send our resume here and we and we sit at work and we're dreaming of this job or dreaming of that job and in fact if we trust the sovereignty of god we can trust the fact that okay god has put me at eagles landing christian academy God has called me to this job. I am going to go to work and give my absolute best every single day, and I'm only going to put my eyes on becoming my best at Eagles Landing Christian Academy. However, when I set my eyes in on something else, I lose focus of where I'm at, and then I now lose the ability to be effective where I'm at. And I think that, you know, sometimes our, I think it's dangerous to have career goals and dreams because your career goals and dreams might cause you to neglect family. It might cause you to neglect your wife. It might cause you to not be loyal to people. There's things that God vow, that God values way more than uh, the things of this world. You know, it might not be God's plan for you that you become a millionaire uh, at your job. It might be God's plan for you that you that you are a second level employee your whole entire career and that wherever you are, you model Christ. And when God presents the opportunity, you preach Christ. But I think the key is like, if I trust in the sovereignty of God, I lose a lot of stress and anxiety, and then I can claim and lay hold of the peace of God because I'm trusting in this. God's will for me is my sanctification. And if God wants me to do anything besides work at Eagles Landing Christian Academy, I don't have to go out and seek it. He will provide the opportunity. And that's that's another piece. So where do I get joy from? Well, you can't have joy the way that Christ talks about joy if you don't trust in the sovereignty of God. You will never have peace in your life or where you're at if you do not trust in the sovereignty of God. So these fruits of the Spirit, you cannot have them if you do not trust in the sovereignty of God. You know, I think it, I agree with all that, obviously. I think a lot of it comes down to just humility. You know, like this, when I first started, you know, really and, and grasping and getting a hold of the sovereignty of God and wrestling with that and how does that work and how does that fit in my life? And those are issues that you still work through every day. Um, but when I first started getting a hold of that and realizing it, I remember the first time I read the book of Job is when it really hit me. Um, and it was initially just this, um, 
humbling feeling. Like, like I, before Lord God Almighty, I am nothing. Right. You know, yet He cares for me. Yet He loves me. He's numbered every hair on my head. Um, yet He's the complete, supreme, sovereign ruler of everything that happens in the re- of the universe. But anyway, so it comes down to humility for me. And you know, it's just a great character in in Scripture is Moses, and, and you touched on it there with faithfulness. And uh, you and I both love the book of Deuteronomy. And, uh, man, that last chapter of Deuteronomy where Moses, you know, looks over the land and sees where all God, where God has brought him, and uh, he dies. And, uh, you know, it's not, he doesn't, doesn't die in glory. You know, he doesn't have all this pomp and ceremony. And Moses started as basically a nobody. And uh, when, when did God call him? When he was, what, 80? Like old? Yeah, 80. You know, yeah, he, he went, at 40, he was um, exiled from Egypt or right. ran from Egypt. And then he spent 40 years wandering, or in the wilderness. I mean, and and so he's 80, and God, you know, calls him to do this great work. And, uh, you know, just an extraordinary model of faithfulness. Just, you know, he didn't want to do what God had called him to do. He wasn't excited about it. He felt unfit. He didn't feel like he was worthy of the calling. But he just put one foot in, the, in front of the other um, and plodded along step by step, trusting in God. You know, he messes up along the way. Um, and then he, he, you know, God restores him. And, uh, at the end of his life, at the end of his life, um, he just has this, read the last chapter of Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter 32. He has this sense of, you know, secure, just peace. Like I did what God had called me to do and I did it with faithfulness. And I respect coaches that are like that. I've talked to you about this before, you know, Jim Dickerson at, at uh, Clinch, you know, he had this long career, and he, he won a lot of games. But to me, the coolest thing about his career, and he's a good, godly man, the coolest thing about his career is just faithfulness. You know, he gave it all to clinch, you yeah. know, and he didn't move around, he didn't bounce around. He wasn't chasing the next thing, the biggest thing, the next job. Um, and you're doing that here at Elka. You've been here, what, going on 13, 13. 12, yeah, 13 years. So I just think that's something cool. That's not, not a word that's uh, very popular today is faithfulness, you know, in terms of your job and that sort of thing. But. You know, I think that's something we need to kind of reclaim as, as Christians. I think, you know, um, when I think about sanctification, you know, I think about growth in Jesus Christ. I don't, you know, and that and that is God's will for me, and that is God's plan for me. You know, and, you, and if you look on Facebook and Twitter, you get involved in social media, a lot of people claim God in their pursuit of worldly success, like God's going to give me this, God's going to give me this. And my challenge to you guys out there, um, and maybe you women who are listening to this, stop investing so much time in your worldly pursuits and your worldly professions and, and take God's mandate, my will for you is to grow in Jesus Christ, and, 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 and take that seriously. Um, and, and I, I want to use Brett as an example. Brett and I were talking yesterday and so Brett, he didn't move up here. That's Coach Collier, Brett. Um, he didn't move up here to, to uh, McDonough, where we are. He, he lives in Macon. So he, basically his commute's 45 minutes to an hour every single morning. And when he took the job, you know, he said, I'm not going to waste this hour in the morning. And so on his way up to um, Elka, as he drives, he's listening to a Christ-centered podcast. And, and so for us, that's probably anything from Ligonier, right? Yeah, Ligonier. Ligonier Ministries, L-I-G-O-N-E-R. or that's Desire, I think. Yeah. Desiring God. Desiring God. Um, 
so, I mean, very solid biblical teaching. So he's listening to that on the way up here, and, and he leaves his house at 5, so he gets here at 6, and then from 6 to 7, except for on the mornings of the crucible, I think he gets here at 3, but from 6 to 7, he's in God's Word, and he's, and he's praying. And so he's investing in sanctification. Like, and that's the deal, like, yes, God is sovereign. Yes, God is in control. And I believe that God gives gives him the desire to want to listen to um, Christ-centered podcasts and, and get in God's Word. But also, he's making the effort to diligently get in God's Word and to grow in Jesus Christ and to seek Him. And that is where we can really start to lay hold of God's will, and that is growing in Jesus Christ. And now, as I grow in Jesus Christ... Christ can open up doors for me to exalt him because what's you know we grow in Jesus Christ and as we grow in Jesus Christ what did John say John the Baptist who is more important than anybody I'm a, you know Christ must increase I must decrease and I think that's what happens in our lives hey it's not about me I must decrease Christ must increase kind of what we're doing here you know there's so many football podcasts and you know I'll talk football but like I'm more passionate about talking about Christ, and I'm more passionate that my parents would, would know Christ and that my players would know Christ. I mean, to me, football is easy. Who doesn't want to win? Who doesn't want to prepare? Who doesn't want to talk about football? But, like, really my passion is Christ. And, and that's what I think about being a transformational coach. When I think about being a transformational coach, I'm sitting there like, how can I coach in a way that is more God-honoring? You know, I go to all these colleges and the F word is just being thrown all around, everywhere, and I'm honestly disgusted by it, you know? And, like, I, I don't even want to go to those schools anymore. Like, to me, it's ridiculous. Like, you know, you're treating the kids like a piece of meat. It's such a worldly way to act. It's such a worldly way to talk. And that's what, you know, that's the challenge. Be a transformational coach. Don't act like the world. Treat people with respect. You can get on a kid and you can coach hard and you can demand excellence in an excellent way. And so that's, that's what this is all about. And as I grow in sanctification, I'm telling you, the more I grow in Christ, the more I despise that language and how we treat young people. You know, I, I'm... I'm going to piggyback on something you said at the beginning there, where you were talking about investing in your sanctification. You know, if you ask any any coach or business person, a Christian or not a Christian, and you ask them how to grow their business or their or you know have success in their team, what they're going to tell you is you got to get good people on staff. Well, the point is like who you surround yourself with matters, and who you surround your players with matters. And so one of the things that's awesome about where we work is that we're constantly surrounded by godly men and women. And so one of the things that really helped me was being around Coach Guest because he sets the standard of like, no, if you're not reading your Bible every day, then you're wrong. If you're not praying every day, then you're wrong. And there's no days off. You know, we say win the day. Well, win the day is a tool that Coach Guest and, and the rest of the staff, we use to, to, to coach our kids football. But really, it's all spiritual. And like one day, our kids will get it. One day, they'll understand, wow, when they said win the day, they meant read the Bible. You know, they say win the day, they meant you know, I got to uh, live my day every day for Jesus Christ, not not for football, not for money, not for sports and all these things. So who you surround yourself with matters. That's been good for me here. And uh, one awesome piece of scripture, Coach Guest, talking about investing in your sanctification. 
Um, yeah, that's God's will for our lives, and God is going to work in us to accomplish that, yet I'm still held responsible for it. That's part of the mystery. We don't understand. But where it's perfectly summed up, summed up is in uh, Philippians chapter 2. I think it's 12 and 13 says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And immediately in the next verse it says, For it's God who works in you to will and work for his good pleasure. So I think that's awesome that um, we're called to work it out. Why? Because he's working in us. Again, that just goes back to what we said at the beginning. What can I trust in? I can trust in God, uh, his sovereignty, his faithfulness. He's going to work out his plan, and he's going to uh, do with me what he wills. And I can trust that because he's a good God. And we're, yeah. We're, you know, time for us to wrap it up. You probably just heard the bell ring, which means uh, Coach Collier has to go to class. But I just want to leave you guys with this. You know, I was, um, I was sitting there this morning, um, and I was just thinking about, I was thinking about my family, and I was just sitting there thinking, what is the one thing, if I could ask God, if I could have one thing, what would it be? And the answer was very simple and clear for me. I, I pray that my son would, would know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Because here's the deal, and this is the challenge to us all. If we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we're serving him, he's going to take care of us. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. If my son knows Jesus Christ, he his, his paths will be paved by the Lord. And, and that might not be riches, and that might not be being famous. God might call him to be a missionary in a third world country and to live in this world relatively unknown. Um, but that's all that matters for me. And so... And I just want to, you know, use this podcast and who knows, maybe one person will listen to it. My goal is that Christian coaches or coaches that love the Lord would listen to it and find encouragement and strength. But that we we be transformational coaches, that we would be transformational fathers, that we would be transformational leaders in the community, that we would be transformational husbands. Um, and then and then I want to leave you with this. You know, everybody quotes Jeremiah 29, 29 11. Uh, you know, the Lord has great plans for you to prosper you and harm you or not to harm you, blah, blah, blah. All right, it's probably Jeremiah 29 11. But Jeremiah 17 9 means more to me. It says this the heart is desperately sick and evil and deceitful. Who can understand it? And I think that's one thing that we have to understand as leaders and coaches, our hearts are evil. Man, my heart is prone to chase after the world. My heart is prone to, to, to sin. And the only way I can combat that is to get in the Word of God and be in prayer. And, and Brett mentioned earlier where I said, you know, that you have to be in God's Word. Listen, I'm not in God's Word every single day. Now, if there's 365 days out of the year, I bet I'm in God's Word 350 of those days. But, you know, there's days that I can't. There's days that I don't. Um, but if I am going to be an effective leader here on this earth, not just at some worldly job, but as a father and as a husband and as a man that impacts the community for Jesus Christ, I cannot do it without seeking the Lord and being in God's word and being in prayer. And, and you know, this is a podcast, hopefully to encourage you, but my prayer time cannot be a podcast. My, my word of God time cannot be a podcast. My prayer time and my word time cannot be a, a book, even if it's a great Christian book. 
The Word of God is living and active and breathing. It is a triple-sided sword or triple-edged sword. Um, and every time I get into the Word of God, man, I, I get something out of it. And God shows me something about myself. Or God gives me clear direction. Or God says, hey, you need to focus on me and build my kingdom, not you and building your kingdom. Which is what God tells me probably, you know, now, 360 days out of year, that's what I hear. So, um, man, I, ho I hope you guys uh, like this. Um, and like I said, the goal is, is to just form a community of Christian coaches um, out there. I'm also going to, you know, each week, Brett and I are going to sit here and do this. But I'm, I'm going to try to interview uh, Christian coaches on this podcast and where we can just be a, a band of brothers. And, and it might be Christian women coaches. You know, it's, it's we're all brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And we have, to me, a huge opportunity from God in the fact that we have 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old, you might be a college coach, you might be an, a pro, professional coach, but we have the ability to be in the ears of these people and to preach Jesus Christ to them because, guess what, the world is evil. You know, any, you're seeing this stuff on Twitter, you're seeing this stuff on Instagram and Facebook, the music that is put out there, it is absolute trash. And we are the voice in the wilderness. We are the light in a dark world, and if we fail and neglect to grow in Jesus Christ, then we will fail and neglect to, to our purpose, which is to be a light for Jesus Christ uh, to these boys and model Jesus Christ to these boys and the girls that you coach and that you lead every single day. I'm going to end with a prayer here for everyone. And um, you guys have a great day. Lord, we come before you today. Just want to praise and thank you uh, for all that you do for us. We pray, Lord, that we would trust in the sovereignty of God, um, Lord, and that, 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 Lord, you're in, in control, that we would rest in that, Lord, and that we would have peace in that, Lord. And then we would think about your will for our lives. Everybody's like, should I go get this job or should I do this or should I do this? Lord, your will is our sanctification. So the only thing that you care about is that we are seeking you and in the word of God. And Lord, would we trust you that you would lead us where you want us to go, Lord? And wherever we're at, may we not seek to be somewhere else. May we seek to be the very best that we can be at that job and that we model Jesus Christ and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ when you give us opportunity. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.